2 Timothy chapter 3. Not an easy message. Um, I know last week we had a guest speaker, Pastor Mike from Calvary Chapel, North Shore, Oahu. That was awesome. Good to have him. It was his, uh, I think, 47th anniversary celebrating with his wife. And so the week before that, we actually did the first part of the chapter, which was uh, pretty gnarly. And, uh, but that's one of the beauties of going through the Bible is the fact that I don't, uh, I'm not trying to figure out what I'm going to teach next week. I just go where I left off this week. And I always tell you guys, read ahead. And the importance of us going through the whole Bible and not just the stuff that makes us feel good. That sometimes we've got to get a little uncomfortable. And like I told you two weeks ago, that these portions of Scripture is usually where you get people, when you teach through this stuff, they leave the church, they don't come back. And or they sign up and get involved. And, and that's how powerful this portion of Scripture. And that's what I love about God's Word is that it teaches us all things. It teaches us His desires for us and, and what He wants us to turn from how he wants us to live, and what he wants us to do. And so God wants you to be an example. You're ambassadors of Christ. And, and so we are to reflect Jesus Christ when we're out in the public. And the best way is what Jesus said, that the world will know you by the love that you have for one another. So love really narrows it all down. Uh, that's, we just walk in love. We preach the love of God. We preach the truth of God. We don't compromise the word of God. We touch on everything. It's good to study to show yourself approved. Uh, I heard some people talking earlier this morning about uh, wanting their faith to increase. And, and the key to that is simple. The Bible tells us faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You guys are so good. That you want more faith? Know the Word of God. But know the whole Bible. I mean, there's, there's some, a lot of heavy stuff in there, and I know that some of you struggle going through like Leviticus or something like that, but you know what? There's, there's a reason for it. And the more we know this Word, the more our faith will be strengthened and the closer we'll be to God. And so uh, we left off at verse 10 last time, but you know, I really want to just kind of like back it up and just read the whole chapter so, you know what, let's stand and read it. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. 
but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We ask right now that you'd pour out your Spirit on us and allow us to grow in the grace and knowledge of you. Bless this time as we dig into your Word. Speak. Word of God, speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. It's a powerful portion of Scripture. It's, it's pretty heavy when it starts out. And it's very beautiful on how it ends. The first half is in total contrast to the second half. The first half that we covered a couple weeks ago, basically what we read, verses 1 through 9, was like turning on the news. And what we're going through today, we, we live in perilous times. It's a crazy world. But in the midst of this crazy world, God asks you to be a light, to be a representative of Jesus Christ. To stand for truth. And the more that we stand for truth, the more we're going to stand out. The world's going downhill. It's not going to get better until Jesus comes for us. And then He's going to judge the world. And then He's going to set up His kingdom. But He said it's going to get worse and worse. The first half of the chapter talks about how man's going to be. They're, just, they're lovers of self. They're consumed with self. They're lovers of money. They're, 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 they're boasters and proud and blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. I mean, you just go on and on. It, it sounds like the morning news. And we are so close to Jesus' coming because we know that during the tribulation there's going to be a one-world rule, and we already see that being positioned right now. And though we've heard about it all of our life, and though we've been ready for it all of our life, we've seen it accelerate in the last few years like never before. This one world global rule is going to be satanic. They want to put it into effect within seven years. That's the goal. This is, this is going forward. We need to buckle up Get filled with the Holy Spirit and get out there and win souls for Jesus Christ. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Wars and rumors of wars. 
We've got the fighting between Russia and Ukraine. We've got China wants to take Taiwan and be just the world leader militarily. All sorts of uh, countries are, are collapsing financially. We're collapsing. There's all sorts of evil going on. People are speaking good of evil and evil of good. I mean, our own nation is crazy. We look around at what's going on. It just seems bizarre. Does anybody not see what's happening? You know, the Bible says that Satan has blinded the unbeliever's eyes, that he's blinded them from the truth. So what you see so clearly, you go tell somebody who doesn't know Jesus, can't you tell what's going on? They're like, no, I don't see that. They need Jesus Christ, and they need you. God is sending you out into the North Shore to lead people to Christ, to open their eyes so that they could have eternal life because this world is crumbling. I mean, I look at the, the world today, and what do I see? The three top moneymakers globally, what are they? Well, number one is selling of weapons. Number two is selling of drugs. And number three is selling of people, human trafficking. And this week I was listening to the news and I heard something that just blew me away that the California politicians blocked the making of human trafficking a felony. I guess that affected me a little bit more than it affected you. I immediately started thinking and started digging. And you know what I found? Guess what state in the U.S. has the most Human trafficking. California. Number one. Top cities, San Francisco and Sacramento. And then I started digging some more, looking at Hawaii, and found out in the Hawaiian Islands, Kauai's fourth. Oahu, Maui, and Big Island are worse than us. But it's still going on. I was sort of Blessed to hear that a congresswoman here in our state who I don't really care for because she's pro-abortion, pro-same-sex marriage, pro a bunch of things that I don't agree with, but she did something that I had to actually applaud her for. She was outraged at the human trafficking in Hawaii. And she had called for help, was getting no help from the state, so she got Congress involved. They sent some... Uh, specialist, a task force that came over from California, and I think it was Oregon, and uh, they proceeded to bust up some of these rings over in Honolulu, and 40 people were arrested. And guess how many were convicted? Zero. There's too much money in this. It's big business. I thought, too, I was blessed that she was so adamant of, against human trafficking, but I thought, there's a lot of hypocrisy there. That you're outraged over children being so, sold into sexual slavery, but you got no problem murdering babies. But maybe God's working in her heart, and maybe that's the start. I hope so. But we live in a crazy world, perilous times. And I want to warn you as parents that our children are being carried away into captivity, carried away to Babylon. 
just as they were back in the days when Babylon conquered Israel, destroyed Jerusalem, carried all the children off to Babylon. Why? To indoctrinate them. To reprogram them. And there was only four that stood against the king. But how many of our kids are being reprogrammed and carried off to Babylon by social media? Being taught to hate America, hate white people, hate the truth, don't say this, don't say that, woke ideology, critical race theory. It's crazy. People are afraid to just speak. We don't know what to say. All these pronouns and stuff like this. You know, they told us all through COVID, study the science. Okay, science. Two genders. Hello. Study the science. Isn't it crazy what the world's become? I recently found out that this administration in our country is removing chaplains from military bases who won't support LGBTQ, whatever you spell it. So in other words, if you're a pastor, a chaplain on a military base, and you don't support that, you will be removed. So what does that mean? That means the Word of God is not being taught to our troops before they go off to war. There's a weakness in America to stand up for truth and for what's right. And let me tell you, straight up, when there's weakness, it brings chaos. It brings confusion. It breeds violence. But when you stand strong for truth, evil doesn't act up. We, we've got all this stuff going on in our nation that supports the criminal more than the victim. The victim's the problem. You stand up to, to protect yourself, you go to jail. The, the court systems work in favor of the criminal. You go out and you go out and rob a store. You, hey, make sure it's under $950 because then you can walk away free. But when you stand up for truth and you start putting criminals in jail, evil won't act up. When you start calling out these nations that are threatening other nations and you stand up for truth, they won't act up. But that's not happening today. So what do we do? The best way to fight evil is truth. Listen, guys, the only way we're going to change anything is to lead people who are evil to the Lord Jesus Christ. See how powerful the gospel really is? I mean, we can complain about politicians, we can complain about the world, but you know what? You need to get on your knees and start praying for their souls. Because if our president on down gets saved, our nation will change. If you don't like the guy down the street, get on your knees. Lead him to the Lord. That's what's going to change him. That's what's going to tr bring truth and justice and love. That's why it's so important for us to take this island for Jesus Christ. Share the gospel with everybody you can. The Word of God transforms lives. I'm looking at them. Man, I know some of you. Boy, do I know some of you. 
Oh. I had people come up to me before and say, well, you don't know, Pastor, you know, I'm a heroin addict and I used to do this and involved in crime. I go, stop, you're, you're describing my whole staff. <laughs> Salvation in Jesus Christ is the only way to stop evil people from doing evil. Now, verses 1 through 9 show us the condition of the world today Verses 10 through 17 are in total contrast to the first half of this chapter, showing us the importance of the Word of God and the transforming power in the heart of a believer. Today in this world, a believer stands out more and more as the world goes downhill. We have a hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're chasing. I don't know if you're a skeptic. But the only thing that's real in this world is Jesus Christ. And if you want hope, it's in Jesus Christ. Stop trying to do it yourself. Everything this world has to offer will leave you empty. Jesus will fill that hole in your life. He loves you. He gave His life for you. I I don't know how unbelievers do it in this world. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mean, it's funny when they look at you, when something heavy goes down, they're like, why are you so calm? I got Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, but look what's going on all around. Hey, nothing's going to happen unless he allows it. I got Jesus, and I know that, I, that he's, he's going to finish what he started in me. I know whom I believe in, and he's able to keep that which I committed to him unto that day. I know where I'm going. See, the thing is, for an unbeliever in this world, they're just existing with no hope. And their, hope, their, their life is based on day-to-day happiness. Ours is based on joy unspeakable in Jesus Christ. We have to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out in our community, guys. Can you just like, I, I just want to encourage you, can, can you just try to uh, zero in on one person a day? And you don't have to get all crazy. Like, like, Bill was saying, buy, get one of those Jesus freak shirts and just step out into public and watch people bring it up. It's awesome. And you know, you get the good and the bad and the ugly. You, got, you get some people that are like, yeah, I love your shirt. And you're like high-fiving. And then you got people like, Jesus freak, what, what does that mean? Why, are you a freak? <laughs> and then you got people that are like, Why would you wear that? I'm glad you asked. It breaks the ice. In verse 10, he says, in contrast of all these things about where the world's headed and how it's going downhill, he now gives us the encouragement that we need, and he gives it to Timothy. He says, Timothy, 
you have carefully followed my doctrine and manner of life. Is there someone in your life that was sort of a role model for you? That you just saw them, their love for Jesus, their walk with Jesus, and it was just like they had just Jesus all over them. They just reeked of Jesus. The Apostle Paul was that to Timothy. And Timothy, knowing everything that the Apostle Paul had went through, saw a man that was stellar, glued to the course, not derailed in any way, going forward for Jesus no matter what. And he went through a lot, that guy. It says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Wow. See, remember when Paul and Barnabas went on the first missionary journey and they came through Lystra? Well, they were in Antioch and Iconium and, and they just got run out of town there. They came to Lystra and some folks came to, to follow after him. They wanted him dead and they dragged him out of Lystra and they stoned him. They rocked him to death. And then we get an account in Corinthians where he talks about it being caught up into the third heaven, coming back to life. And, and all the disciples are standing around him, weeping over him. And he wakes up. God brings him back to life. And what does he do? He gets up, dusts himself off, goes right back in and preaches in the city. I think he got a glimpse of heaven. He saw it was a lot better than here. And I think he was heading back in there so they would finish him off. But he realized the importance that those very people that hated him so much and tried to kill him, Paul had the heart of Jesus. He loved them so much to go back in at the risk of them killing him so that they might have eternal life. And that's the kind of attitude that you and I need to have. Timothy, no doubt, witnessed this. And on the second journey, when Paul came back through Lystra with Silas, Timothy joined them. I want to read a little bit to you because we have this scripture that says all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You guys familiar with that one? Um, I was wondering how much could you take? All right, no comments. I got to read this to you. Here's what Paul endured. So Paul's in Corinth and he's having this little debate with you ever been you ever had a debate with somebody who just acts like they're holier than thou? Nah, not in this church, I know that, but you know what I'm saying? You get up somebody and they're just always one up in you. You know what I mean? You say a verse, they say a better verse. You know? You witness to one person, they witness to ten. You did a mission you know, trip in Philippines, but they went to Iran. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? And so he's having this discussion with these guys, this like boast fest, and he's, he, he finally just breaks down and Paul, Paul, humble Paul. He just says, all right, you want to be bold? I'll speak foolishly and be bold too. You want to brag? All right. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. 
Are they the seed of Abram? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, that's beatings with a stick. In prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Remember, that was the beating that Jesus took before the cross. He got it five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That was in Lystra. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night in the day, I've been in the deep. Now I surf, but I don't want to be out there a night in the day. That's crazy. Journeys and journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils of, of my own countrymen and perils of Gentiles and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides all other things. Check this out. What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the church. I hope I get there one day. Because I guarantee if me and the Apostle Paul were standing up here right now and I was promoting a mission trip to the Philippines, having fun, feeding families and helping the poor, and the Apostle Paul says, hey, we're going to Iran, we might be killed, but it's going to be awesome. How many of you would sign up for mine and not his? You know, here's the thing. We've, we've got a young lady in this church that feels like she's being called to Iran. She said, what should I do? I said, you should go. If God's calling you, you're covered. It's so on her heart right now. It's so on her heart. She's like, I can't believe it. For some reason, it just came. Just, I go, that's God. I remember one time I felt that with, with going to the Philippines. And God put it so on my heart, and then somebody came up to me and said, I was praying for you, and the Lord spoke to me, and your plane's going to crash. I was like, all right, thanks a lot. <laughs> and I remember my son asking me before my trip, you, you think your plane's going to crash? You think you're going to be all right? I go, I think I'm going to be all right. God's calling me to be there. So if he's calling me to be there, he's going to make sure I get there. But then we're human, right? I get to the airport and I'm looking around at the people that are about to board my plane and I'm thinking, is this a group God can do without? <laughs> but notice in all of Paul's persecution, he makes this incredible comment in all of his persecution, in all of his afflictions, that out of them all, the Lord delivered him. You say, I don't know, beaten five times, 40 stripes minus one, shipwrecked, killed with rocks, and coming back to life? Yeah, he delivered him out of all of them. Because you got to understand, this is where you got to grab this. Whatever you're going through today, however horrific it is, you're God's child and He loves you. And you're going to come through this thing, and other people that don't know Jesus are going to be watching you, and they're going to say, I need what you got.
God wants to use you in such a mighty and powerful way. Paul had a purpose in life. You know what? God has a purpose for you. Now, the crazy thing about it, when you stop and you think about Christianity, it's all about love, right? Why wouldn't the world accept us? I mean, Paul's purpose in life, he, he, he had motivation, he was merciful, he was kind, he was loving, he helped the needy, he prayed for the sick. I mean, surely the world would embrace that. But isn't it funny how you and I become the enemy? We stand up for truth. We stand up for what's right. We want the protection of, of little babies. We want to stop the human trafficking. We want to stop the crime. We want to stop the drugs. We want to stop the war. We want to stand up for truth. We want to stand up for God's word. We believe in marriage between a man and a woman. We, we're pro-life. And the world hates us. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look what they did to Jesus. So if they hated him, why wouldn't they hate you? Don't expect the world to applaud your stance for Jesus. Just stand strong. Don't buckle. There, it's, it's, this is where the real challenge comes in in my life and in yours when you're in a situation and God is calling you to speak up but you stay silent because you know certain people around you that could get crazy. But in love, you've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit speaking to you and share the love of God. They don't have a problem sharing what they believe with you. Share the love of God. In verse 12, he says this. Here we go. You ready? All right, one guy. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Woohoo! That's a promise of God. Now, you're not going to find that verse in the promises of God. You ever, you ever get those little books, Thousand Promises of God? You're not going to find that verse there. Guarantee you, all those that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if you're here today and you're not going through anything, you might check your pulse for Jesus. Now, luckily, we don't have to go through what a lot of third world country people go through, right? So I would just encourage you, be, being that you don't have to go through what they go through, step up your game a little bit. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to get mad at you and yell at you? You know what? Let me, tell you, let me just encourage you. The one that gets mad and yells at you for sharing the gospel is closer than you think. Because that's conviction coming in. He's angry because there's conviction. More so than the person you share with, they go, oh, well, that's nice for you. <laughs> They're far away. 1 Peter 4.12 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you, are a part, that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy if you are reproached for the name of Christ. Blessed are you for the Spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Isn't that awesome? 
God's going to give you what you need in that time. And it, the, here's the beauty. And you, I know you guys know this. Those times when you're just sharing and it's just coming out and it's so good and it just keeps coming out and you're just marveling at the verses coming out of your mouth. Man, that is Jesus. And he just took over your whole conversation and you're just this speaker plugged into the power unit and everything's coming from him and it's flowing out of you and you're like, man, that's good. In verse 13, he says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Man, we are seeing that so much. Is, is there so much deception today in our country, in our world? And, you know, you know, when you know a really good liar, they lie so much that they believe their lies. They like they just burrow in. Even when you prove that they're lying, they're like not giving up. And and we see that deception in politics we see it globally. They're deceiving the people. They're lying to the people. And, and they think if you talk nice and you, and you, and you lie, that everybody's going to buy into it. But here's what he says. Is that these unbelieving, lying people who are deceiving others will ultimately be deceived themselves. The great deception is coming. The Antichrist, I believe, is alive today. Will not be revealed until we're gone. But when he is revealed, he's going to bring the great lie. And God's going to send a strong delusion to those who hate God. We need to get the gospel out. Things aren't going to get better. Judgment is coming for this nation. So meanwhile, it's going to get tougher and tougher for you and me, but be of good cheer. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus has overcome the world. You're his child. He's going to take you out of here, judge the world, and then set up his kingdom. It would be awesome then. And I'm looking forward to that. But if you look now, things are pretty bad and they're getting worse. Look how bad things are getting. Everything's racism now. It's like... I. I you know, you hear on the news, murder, it's, it's never just a man killed a man. It, they got to pull race into everything. And if people don't agree with you, you, you're a racist. Things are getting so bad that it's out of control. Racism, our schools are indoctrinating our kids. This whole push for the gay and lesbian movement, which they're trying to do in our schools, going after our little children to indoctrinate them in sexual things by the time they're four and five years old is absurd. Politics is out of control. Wars, rumors of wars, human trafficking, satanic worship like never before. It's in your face. Anybody see the new, uh, I'm not saying it's coming out, is the new Disney movie, car cartoon. I forget the name. Anybody know the name? Well, anyway, it's about a girl whose father dies, and he was a cult leader of a satanic worshiping group, and he passes away and hands her off all his powers, 
and satanic rituals, blood rituals, and all this stuff, and it's Disney. Aren't you surprised? <laughs> Everybody should just ban Disney. So what do we do about all this? Well, look at verse 14. Here's the answer. But you, Timothy, you're all Timothys. You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. That's the key right there. Get the gospel out. You, many of you have been Christians for years. Your kids, you've you got to train your kids up. It's so important. They're the next generation. The, the world is having a heyday with our kids through social media. You've got to get a handle on it. You've got to talk to them about it. Just have an open discussion. And try listening to them. Don't override them and tell them how wrong they are and everything, but just hear what they have to say. Hear where they're really at. That's the only way you're going to be able to help them. If you keep interrupting them and telling them how wrong they are and they've got to stop this and you've got to stop that, you're never going to get to it because they're never going to like let open to you the things that are going through their mind because you always cut them off. Listen to them. The Bible says let us reason together. So important. The importance of training up our kids in the ways of the Lord so when they're older, they will not depart. And, and when he talks about the Scriptures, he's talking about the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament then. Did you know they taught Jesus from the Old Testament? Jesus is on everywhere throughout the Old Testament. If you want to reach a Jew for Jesus, you've got to teach him through the Old Testament. You've got to show him Jesus in the Old Testament because they don't accept the New Testament. You've got you to... Gotta, You've got to know the Word of God. Pick, pick probably out the most uncomfortable chapter in the Bible, book, that you, you, you've been kind of fearing and staying away from for years. Take that one and read that one. There's probably a reason. The enemy doesn't want you to read it because you're going to get a blessing. Yeah, but Leviticus? Yeah. There's some stuff in there. The Bible will make you wise unto salvation. Jesus said in John 5, 39, He said, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. He's talking to the Pharisees who thought because of their legalism they were going to heaven, and Jesus was trying to tell them, no, you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith in God. And so He has to say to them, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of Me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And in Hebrews 10, verse 7, Jesus' words says, Then I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. You want to know Jesus more? Know his word. You want to know how to walk with Jesus? Know his word. You want to know how to fight evil? Know His Word. The Bible shows all of that. You might say, the Bible does that? Yes. Look at verse 16. 
All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's Holy Spirit breathed. It's not written by man. The Holy Spirit got a hold of man's hands and wrote it. The Holy Spirit is into the Word of God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is the final authority. When people start picking and choosing Scriptures that they want to believe and what ones they don't want to believe, now they become the authority. They're out of line. A lot of people doing that. You know, if you go to Israel... There's a group that's so liberal they don't even believe in the Bible. And then there's a group that believes in just the Old Testament. And then there's a group that only believes in the first five books of Moses, the Torah. You've got to study the whole counsel of God. And then you have so-called Christians that don't study the Old Testament because it's old. They only do the New Testament. Well, here's the problem. You can't understand the New Testament to the fullest unless you understand the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. you got to know the whole Word of God. And then you got these groups that say, well, we don't accept the writings of Paul. See, what you're doing is you're becoming the final authority instead of the Word of God. You can't do that. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. The Scripture teaches truth. It teaches me what to believe about God. It teaches me what to believe about man. It teaches me what to believe about sin, about angels, about the future, about life after death. And I can base all these things on the Word of God. It's not just my feeling. It's the Word of God. And the Word of God will stand throughout time. It's eternal. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word. Isn't that good? And what's its purpose? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. You know, some of you have cried out, I want more Jesus. The Word of God. The only thing that's going to thoroughly equip you for this life and to be used by God is the Word of God. That's it. There's power in the Word of God. It does not come back void. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. If you let God in, He'll do surgery in your heart and fix you. I want to be fixed. I still got problems. Just ask my wife. But you know what? Part of getting better is acknowledging that you got some problems. Hello? Don't just read this and skip over the parts about you. Oh, God loves me and everything. Oh, he loves me. There oh. Read the whole counsel of God. This is precious. This is this. This, this is God's love letter to you. It's a treasure chest. Open it up and grab a gold nugget. 
Amen? Let's stand. Father, you are so, so good. Thank you for working in the hearts of all these people here, Lord God. Thank you for pouring your love out on this congregation and growing us in the grace and knowledge of you. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory, for you are worthy of all praise. And Lord, we ask for more of you. We ask for strength that can only come from you. Give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, would you just pray this in your heart right now? Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you've been coming to church. Maybe you just, right now you get it. It's salvation by faith. It's not of works. It's not of anything that we can do except have faith. We can't earn it. We can't pay for it. We can't, we can't work for it. Jesus did it all on the cross. All you need to do is take the gift. He died for you on the cross. He paid the price for your sins. He rose on the third day, and because of that, His sacrifice was accepted by the Father, and now He presents the gift of eternal life right before you. He will not force you to open that gift, but He'll encourage you. And if you open that gift, you'll have eternal life. So let's pray right now, if that's you. Just pray this in your heart. Lord, I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins on the cross. Please forgive me for everything that I've done against you. I believe you rose on the third day and that you're the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through you. Jesus, save me now. If you just prayed that in your heart, just lift up your hand so I can keep on praying for you throughout this week. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Oh, you know, the Bible says that when one gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. So could everybody just kind of shout right now? Woo! Woo!